welcome to Forward Obsessed, where we talk to breakthrough business leaders and rising entrepreneurs about their journeys, origin stories, and aha moments. Progress, pitfalls, and pivots. Business is a roller coaster, folks. Strap in, there's only one direction, and it's forward. Hosted by Pete Senna and David Salinas. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to Ford Obsessed. We have an awesome, awesome episode today with Ben Berkowitz, who's the founder who exited C-ClickFix, a civic tech, really amazing company. Uh, we talked about lots of things. We talked about parenting, we talked about skateboarding, we talked about just living a life of principles and discipline and how you can rely on those things, uh, along with a little bit of luck and timing and just the importance that luck and timing play. If you're looking for an awesome and inspiring conversation with a great startup founder who's now a young retiree because of his time with exiting that business, then tune into this episode. Thanks so much. Visit our website at fordobsessed.com and we would love it if you could leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice and we would love that. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Ben, welcome to Forward Obsessed. Uh, Thanks thanks for letting us pull you out of retiree life to kick it off with us, man. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. So I should probably tell the audience that you slept on a sailboat last night. You should tell them. Because you, yeah, you just keep telling me this. So yeah, I just tell the audience yeah, that. Yeah, yeah a um, very small sailboat that was given to a friend free and costs like $800 a year to maintain or something. Love to it. To be clear. Love yeah. it. Well, we know you. Uh, we go way back. Um, like way, 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 way back. But Ben Berkowitz, tell us a little bit about your background for the sure. audience here. Sure. Uh, I'm a New Haven guy, born and raised, and uh, very passionate about our town and our community. Mm-hmm. And about 15 years ago, I started a business called C-ClickFix, which allows people to report things that are broken in the public space to their government and others that can solve those problems. Uh, I took that business um, uh, to exit, uh, which happened about a little over two years ago. Uh, we sold to a company called Civic Plus, which is a global web platform um, for uh, managing con- city content, uh, city websites, uh, and stayed on there for less than two years, um, as the head of product strategy for the parent company, uh, and just moved on and retired back in October. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's me. Nice. I'm a dad, two kids, husband, one wife, and, uh, yeah. And a semi-pro skateboarder. Yeah, I'm like a really amateur skateboarder. I can't switch flip. The most amazing thing about Ben since I've known him is his devotion to skating. When I was built when we were building district, he needed a temporary office space and he spent many many like minutes, I wouldn't say hours, but many minutes trying to convince me to put ramps yeah. around the property it's for so him true. to skate. So true. Yeah, the lack of ramps here is very disappointing. But the, <laughs> the manual pad that is the hallway was always uh, fun for Brendan Brines and I. So I, I have caught you doing a manual across yeah, the hallway. Yeah, he's better at him than me. But yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So uh, it makes it, it makes sense as to why you're uh, living on uh, or sleeping on sailboats now and uh, mm-hmm. and retired. It's uh, it's good life. I uh, I wish I can retire on a skateboard. Yeah, I don't have the shins for it anymore. You don't hit your shins as much when you're older. No, you've learned how not to. Yeah, I used to get so many dents. It was yeah, terrible. yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things about you is just like your background. You came up. I mean, I remember when I first met you, 
it, I hadn't yet learned of Cclix Fix, and you know, you were doing like web design development. Yeah, you, know, you had your it was priest. Yeah. Maybe it, I mean, we were like you were yeah. DJing. I was probably still DJing. That's yeah. a long time ago. You were yeah. DJing. You were building websites. You were hustling. Yeah, 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 yeah for you, sure. You were yeah. a city kid, like a new head, typical yeah. city kid. You were actually the first person that put me onto the concept of civic tech. Really? I yeah. didn't actually understand what that meant. Yeah. And then you sort of. Yeah, I don't think we had a term for it when like, yeah. we didn't. That didn't become a term until years later. So. So walk us. So we, the show is about. Uh, the roller coaster that is business, mm-hmm. the journey, which you've clearly been on. Yeah. Um, uh, a successful roller coaster, start to finish, which is amazing. But we like to talk about like the real stuff, the the meat, the pe- the things that people don't like to talk about. They love to talk about the highs, the exits, um, the great moments. But we like to talk about sort of the aha moments, the pitfalls, and the pivots. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important aha moment to hit is how you decided you said you were really passionate about the city but what was that moment that sort of spark yeah. that created it all uh for me it was um trying i was trying to get um a resolution on an issue with the neighbor's property and through the process of trying to understand the like jurisdiction and responsibility of like where the public sector has oversight on the private sector and whose responsibility it was to fix this problem. Like there was the aha moment was that I was never going to get this resolved through the current processes that were in place for communicating with the city. So the system was broken. System was totally broken. Yeah. I I heard in an interview, you had said that you had spent countless amounts of time talking to voicemails yeah like leaving voicemails and then like sitting on yeah it's like on hold or something for one of the city departments here in new haven i thought oh man like what if when i communicated with the city it was a transparent and public communication that other people could see right this is like back in the days when the social web was still like actually moving the world forward as opposed to sinking it into the toilet like it's now doing so um (laughs) We'll work off that Full later. stop, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so you know, we still thought we could do good things with the internet at that time. Uh, at that point, <clears throat> was it just about transparency and 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 less about efficiency? Because I think ultimately, yes. what you've created was an incredible efficiency for governments. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. I did not understand the inside of government at all. Um, there were some really smart people and uh, forward-thinking people in the city of New Haven who could have been thought of as entrepreneurs. Rob Smuts uh, was the CAO for the city of New Haven at the time, went on to be uh, deputy 911 director in San Francisco. I actually don't know what his job title is now, but I imagine he's continuing to do great things out there. And Rob saw that there was this huge inefficiency issue. Um, there was Actually, there was a like a fast follower to Cyclic Fix that won... Um, uh, TechCrunch and the way they build themselves was like, you know, crowdsourcing, right? Like citizen sourcing, right? And that was like, they were kind of selling the idea, the same, same concept, but they were selling it from the position of like, you don't have enough eyeballs on the street, right? And so like, you need more eyeballs on the street. Um, and I think that was kind of the initial way that a lot of city officials saw it. But what, it, what Cyclic Fix ended up becoming was a real workflow engine uh, for governments to not just leverage citizens to give constructive feedback, but for them to just document their work, right? And 
Um, How'd you came up with the name? I mean, it's, it's such a good name, but I know it wasn't <laughs> yeah. just like a... Miles came up with the name. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I wanted to call it Little Brother. I was in a very like, screw the government, you know, like, you know. Uh, Transparency and yeah, fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. My, Miles came up with that. For those of you that don't know, Miles is going to be on the show uh, soon, I believe. Uh, we'll, we'll put the date for his show. Uh, it's one of his uh, one of his two or three exits, right, that he had? Yeah. yeah yes yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, he'll be on the show soon so but gonna be so talking about purpose-built ventures where i'm an advisor oh yeah, so, yeah tell yeah. us about that well i mean he should he should tell you more about it this will be the teaser but miles says miles moved back from san francisco to new haven uh and he is always i mean since we were before we started see click fixes wanted to start a venture studio um had a lot of his early mentors have done things like that or um as i understand it um uh and so he's moved back to new haven and has launched this thing called purpose-built ventures um some folks like myself suk rule's daughter uh is, is an advisor she also she's here yeah wow. she's yeah she's here she's opening an ice cream shop so she, oh, yeah she yeah. mentioned that at a, at a yeah yeah that's great um but she was the chief data scientist for airbnb so she was out in san francisco too so Feels like a lot of good folks are coming home to roost, which is cool. Yeah, before um, that, she was at Facebook, right? Yeah. I think she was at Facebook. Oh, was she? That. Yeah, she I don't know. Photos, right? Yeah, yeah, she was on the photos app. Yeah, you'll have to interview her uh, as yeah. well. Good yeah, one. That's a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you come up with this name, and your background, I mean, you, you've done a ton of things in your life, like DJing, different mm-hmm. things, but you, yeah. you always had a very design driven mindset. It's yes. one of the things that, that drew me to you initially because I'm yeah. such a design Same. snob. Yeah. And design and web dev was something that you were pretty good at. But I would imagine building a global infrastructure that you like you did with the fancy tech that became yeah. C-Click Fix was probably outside of your capabilities from a development perspective, right? Yeah. So talk to the audience a little bit because I know there's a lot of non-technical co-founders or founders that, that listen to this or that will be on this. How do you build essentially a really powerful data and tech organization when you, the founder, weren't necessarily that sort of brain percent? Yeah, I mean, some of it was being able to clearly articulate like the principles that needed to be in place to make this a successful solution. Right. Um, and, and being very clear about what those values were, right. Like transparency we talked about, right. But like creating feedback loops for citizens and how, and having a a clear picture of like what the end state would look like. Right. Um, kind of in a UXE way, but like more like bigger than that too, right? Just understanding like what that would feel like to an end user of like, and being able to articulate that, right? To a buyer, a user, and ultimately, you know, the, the engineers, right? Or not ultimately, but the engineers who right. would build it, right? Um, and I, you know, Cyclic Fix was easier than most in that way it just makes sense right like it really it was an obvious problem and the way we solved it made sense in the context of the way the world was starting to communicate right everywhere else and um well you'd think that wheels on a suitcase would be obvious too but took you know we had a man on the moon before we had a suitcase so sometimes sometimes the obvious problems are the ones that are not obvious right? right right um and, you know, I think that, I mean, with, uh, you know, with purpose-driven startups, right, like there are, and ones that are not just like, you know, 
purpose washing the startup, but it's like clearly ingrained in the mission, right? And you can tell from the founders that they're like very serious about the impact more than the profit, right? Um, it's not that hard to get software engineers to get excited about that and want to help build it. So, so let's dive into that for a second because, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I, I kind of disliked how purpose driven you were at times because it was sure. at odds with me. Um, <laughs> I, I always liked it for the record, Ben. <laughs> I, I was the one that was taking your Huffington Post article when you were next to Steve Jobs in the Post and sending yeah. it to Dave. And Dave's yeah. like, what are you sending this to me for? And I'm like, because Ben's a badass. <laughs> no, he's a badass. But his, to your point of purpose washing, there's a, they say that you can't, if a company's not born with purpose, you can't bring it, you cannot add it. Yeah. Right. You were born out of this sort of like, you know, fuck the government. And then. Yeah. We weren't sure if we were going to be a company. Right. Yeah. Like in our, in you, its were infancy, you were well, that was I mean, yeah, that, that came. Pivot. Yeah. We were like tried different things yeah, for yeah. sure. And that's where you and I had this first conversation. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But then no. But even beyond that, what I talk about is like you didn't want to move. All, I couldn't get no matter how shitty your building was or your landlords were or any issues couldn't get you to move from where you were you wanted to be near the train yep. you're like i incentivize people not to not to drive yeah like you had so many like you were living it i had a lot of guardrails for sure yeah and the people that were inside the building wanted those guardrails and if you didn't want those guardrails you didn't come inside the building right like yeah. you weren't an engineer at cyclic fix right yeah yeah but you're right like i mean i thought we would move people over here right and then my you know we went we did it and like we went around and everyone was like wait we don't want to leave the nine square like this is this really is where close. we get our coffee and we like that someone made a comment they're like we like that when we wear the t-shirt like people in the neighborhood are like you're cyclic fix you know what i mean like just you know people on the street right Local like they pride, admit right? they would see users yeah. right and they'd like yeah and so nice. we had i think we had already by the time we could have the conversation about this they had already you know, they were already getting homesick. So it was, yeah, that's right. But I love the fact that you were like, we talked in the last episode, we talked about um, fearlessness and what it means to be fearless is really not about not seeing risk, but, but committing. Yeah. You were fearless in the fact that you were locked in on who, you, who worked for you, how you were going to attract them, retain them, keep them happy. And, uh, and you stuck to that and you were committed to that. And, yeah. I, and like, and I, it, it what, what, initially pissed me off <laughs> turned into something that I became, I grew quite fond of because right. it, you are it's very clear who you are when you're there whether it's a graffiti project or an art project or a skate park or or any of the things that you and I have discussed or you've tried to or tried to tackle together and otherwise um, so a I commend you for that but b um, you know like what is there more behind that besides just sort of attracting talent? Is there like, what is it that drives you to, to be so committed to your value system and, I, and everything? I really want you to answer that question about what drives your value system. But yeah. one thing I want the audience to be mindful of is when Ben was building C-Click Fix, this was in a world where there was no remote world. There was no work from home. That was, everything was on site. So New Haven, Connecticut is not predominantly known for, you know, the San Francisco, LA kind of tech mm. hub. So what, you built, and again, I can speak on it because clearly you're more humble than I am. What you built was really impressive from an engineering and a technology perspective, and it had some real scale. Yeah. And you had some really smart engineers working on that over the time. Yeah, they're, yes, agreed. And 
here you are in New Haven, Connecticut doing that. So I just yeah. wanted the audience to know, I want you to talk about your values. It's a great question. Sorry for, for that. But the audience has to know that because now yeah. it's like, oh, great. You built this thing. You can get engineers from all over the world. Right. You got engineers. Oh, yeah. We had like, yeah, I mean, we had Jeff Blasius who was, uh, he was like high level IT person, you know, at Yale who was a trailing spouse, right? Um, someone who was here for with his wife who was doing her doctorate, I think, at the time. Um, and then, you know, uh, Cam Lassiter, who had was a trailing brother, right, um, <laughs> to, to, to his, you know, brother graduated from Yale. And, you know, but he, he went to Carnegie Mellon and, um, you know, was working at Hire One. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, we found this guy, uh, Tim Neems through like, we did a lot of make, um, meetup stuff with yep. you guys. Right. And totally. like, it's like, I think we were good about like building a community community. Yeah. yeah. And since, Before since community community, was a cause we were all like fanatical about yeah. that stuff. Right. It wasn't out of like self, yeah. it was out of self-interest, but not like corporate self-interest. It was yeah. out of like our own affinity for finding interesting people and making things. Right. And, um, came out of like insurance, right. uh, you know, an insurance company in Hartford. Right. And Gary Wright had exited, you know, had like he pulled him back out of retirement because he wanted to walk, work on this stuff. Right. He had, had a previous successfully exited startup in the, you know, dot com age. And, um, you know, the then later on, there were people that came out of uh, what do you call those uh, kind of excel um, like startup uh, um, boot, camps. boot camps? Yeah, yeah, and like really, <laughs> really some really successful folks came out of there. Um, more trailing spouses on Yale, and um, you know people who came out of Southern and H and you found all you know you before plant your flag, cool. and you know, all of a sudden a community like this, there were all these. Uh, gophers hiding out or not gophers but you know the people hiding underground that suddenly that's suddenly pop their head I, up i, I think yeah. i think i, I, I just want to not imply people that go for coffee right <laughs> yeah. no yes. no but i yeah. agree but with you. i tell people all the time this 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 city and this region is is filled with gems that people would never know like uh everything from we've seen companies that are in stealth raising 25 40 right. million dollar first rounds of funding yeah. and you're just like who the hell are you yeah and where where did you come from no it's uh it's definitely it's a great segue into the value system the reason why i wanted to poke on that is it's easy for us to listen to these things now which i you know you don't do very often yeah. now that you're retired but you had the question about the value system which i want to go back to yeah community has been a big part of your value system yeah. that's why i poked into it because community is trendy now Authent yeah. authenticity community yeah. web3 blah 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 but you were really you know, helping and still to this day are building around this this New Haven based community, which is where we're recording this podcast today. Yeah. So talk about your value system. David had that question and I just had a touch on it because I was just always so inspired by it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just what feels right to me. And so I don't know. I got I guess, obsessive about, you know, certain things just feel like the way things should work. And I don't know. I get kind of hooked on helping to assure that they do work that way. Right. And so there were like, where did it come from though? Is it like something in your upbringing or just, just sort of who you are? Cause it's, yeah, it's I think my mom and I think, I know, I think you're right. And I realize that now, um, I think, yeah, it comes from my, my parents. Yeah. Um, for sure. They both, I think are similar where yeah. my dad was similar in that way. And my mom is similar in that way. Yeah. Um, and you know i'm i'm like stubborn around those things uh around you know kind of like sticking to these principles and and then you know when you you get some 
validation, right? And you like it's it pays off. Uh, then you, you double know, down. You know, you d- you d- you're not backing down from it. It's only more of it. So. Did it hurt you at all? I'm curious. And this is just I, I see people that are that that double down, triple down on their values, and it comes back to hurt them because in yeah. today's world, you can't please everybody. Did you see any any? No, I never felt like it hurt me because I felt like it it achieve, it helped achieve the outcomes that I wanted around those values. If I was measuring success differently, then I don't know, hurts the right word, but you you would have a different outcome, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, what I mean by hurt is not necessarily fail, but like there's. The bumps in the road in the journey, yeah. right? Where it could be, uh, and th- there could uh, be. There were, it made it harder. Oh, that made certain. Yeah, uh, the, it created more friction along the way. Right? Obviously, you would have been a lot more successful if you moved to district. I just, I, I just right. think so. Sure, sure. Like that sure. is a, is a given. Sure, but like. <laughs> sure. Is that what we're talking? About? No, no, no. I was saying, no. but no, but like if you use transparency as an example, right? Yeah. Like, would I that have be been able? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and like, or well. If we had said yes to governments that wanted us to change the way the platform worked, right? Or like oh. turned off the notifications or like asked permission first or all these things that Seaclick Fix was not willing to compromise on. Would we got would we have gotten some clients earlier? Maybe. Would I have had would we have had as many clients later? No, because there were fast followers to us and they never got to where we were, right? And they're not really, you know, still existing in the form that Seaclick Fix does still exist two years post. So it was an early bump that turned into a benefit. But in terms of like friction along the way and conversations that sucked that I had to be involved in, yeah. Hmm. There were more of those. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you pay for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it takes a toll. Yeah. Life is not, you know, not as easy when you're, the board when you are picking the wave you want to serve, right? As opposed to just taking the next one that comes in, right? Was your board tough on you? Not particularly. You had a good board? We Yeah, we had a good board and we ran a good financial operation and maybe they would have wanted us to like, you know, take more risks to get some significantly bigger exit, but everyone got a good return and like, um, I was never pretending that we were going to try to be a unicorn or, you know. Would you have done anything different in hindsight? In the journey, any so any particular moments that you can look back and be like, "This, it's not a regret, but I, I, you could have seen this go a different way." I don't know, because so much of that has to do with timing, right? And like, if we had like dropped the advertising thing earlier, you know, and leaned into the government's more, the government process more, right? Like, if we had made that not pivot, but if we had made that commitment earlier mm-hmm. from the I don't know. Would we, would we not have gotten the same broad scale we got? I don't know. And so it's really hard, but that, that, that was, that's a moment, right? Where it's like, I mean, I'm really glad we moved away from the news media stuff at the time we did, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it all comes down to timing and you know, at the end of it, we ended up in a really good place. And so it feels like all the kind of, I don't know what a better situation would be. I could think of lots of worse situations, right? Fair. And maybe that's just the way my brain works. Yeah. Um, I'm not a typically regretful person, so it's hard for me to 
and I'm not, I don't, I, I also am not like great at being hyper analytical about the past. And so, uh, but you yeah. said something there that I think is important for the audience to know, which is that you never claimed to be a unicorn. You know, one right. of the things I always appreciated about you and, you know, again, it's one of the reasons I think you're retired now, right? Is like, is the, you were never like the blitz scaling type of person. Like right. I remember I would bump into you a number of times. We'd have meetings or whatnot, community events. Yeah. And I always be pitching you the next big scale idea. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think some of those ideas were good, right? Yeah. But the reality you're, is. You guys I, both have great, lots of great ideas, no doubt. Yeah. Appreciate that. But They're think, intimidating sometimes. Turn that into a quote, please. But, but, what I think was really, <laughs> but what I think was really great about you is you were, you were what I would call methodical in the way that you approach scale. Right. You know, right. there's books out there now. I know you're probably not reading many more because of what you're doing, but they're blitz scaling or, they're, you know, high growth and yeah. user acquisition, that sort of thing. What I always appreciate about you is you were almost like the sort of Zen CEO founder. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if meditation or those things influenced you, but like yeah. you were always very like, yeah, no, that's a really good idea. Right now we're really focused on Boston or yeah. really focused on this next city that we're going to get on the platform or whatever. And then I'd see you in a month and that city was going well or the next city was going yeah. well. And you're like, yeah, we're going to think about Android in this next yeah. thing. And it's then, a temperament about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was a kid, I did transcendental meditation for a while with my mom because I was like hyper and I know, but she's also into it. And so I like did that with her. Um, and I, I guess I do really live in the present. Um, part of that is like a way to control anxiety about like just natural anxiety I have about the future. Um, but I'm just happier when I, uh, when we were going sailing, um, Katie, my wife was, um, was like, you need to get excited about this. And I was like, well, I've, I've been busy. And she's like, but I like, you're going to go out for a night and like sleep on a boat and it's going to be awesome. And I was like, I know, but I'm going to enjoy that in the moment right now. I'm going to have a bunch of anxiety. Are you the same? Yeah. My wife is like. Are you not excited we're going on vacation next week? And I'm like, no. Oh my god, vacations the day before so anxious, she's like, and then I have the best vacation. <laughs> I, I I'm I don't get anxious. Yeah. I just don't think about it. I can't get happy until yeah. the moment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like, okay, yeah. and then I get there and I'm like, now I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, and so that, I don't know. And I, and I think I do apply I have applied those principles to the way I run them business right so, and that I, makes I it that. am i allowed to swear on this yeah oh, oh yeah it makes it, yeah. it makes it fucking awesome right yeah. like you really you know you this whole living in the present thing like that's no bullshit <laughs> like if you figure out how to do that it's it's pretty good so yeah not even the way you run your business it's the way you communicate you have a communication tone you have a tone uh a cadence to your delivery of communication that i've seen throughout our our relationship yeah uh, and even here today, that is just locked in and it's sort of just, it's just, it's firm. You're always firm in what you say, but you're subdued in how you say it. And the brevity is incredible. Yes. I appreciate hearing that because I feel like I have to be very methodical about how I talk because my brain is going like 12 different directions and it it takes a lot. Like I definitely have adult ADD, right? And so like I think so many people do and like... Um, Cannabis works. <laughs> yeah, that just gives me more anxiety. <laughs> Same here. Um, okay, I can help with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting because... And I, and I want to poke on that if yeah. it's okay. Is that, that, you know, Jack Dorsey now, obviously, billionaire, the whole thing. He's super big into meditation now. I don't know if yeah. he was into it then, but yeah. you never heard about any of these startup blitz-scaling CEOs talking about TM, traditional yeah. meditation, or that sort of thing. Meditation, in a lot of ways, saved my life and in, in, in a cool. lot of things. And I think 
So I, I saw that sort of almost Zen state, you know, yeah. even to a certain tone, almost stoic in terms of the way that you talk about certain things, which I always appreciated about you. And I can see it consistent. So I think with the thing I, I think people are thinking about now, whether it's purpose driven or whatever, is scale can take many forms. Yeah. You know, not all scale needs to be, you know, billion dollar exit. You just said earlier, you never proclaimed to be that. So when you were building C Click Fix, you know, pre exit, you had a mission, you had a vision, you had a set of values, you didn't stray for them clearly, right? It turned out okay for you, right? Yeah. Mr. Sailboat. Yeah. And um someone but, else. Yeah. Someone else. Someone else. There was someone else that was yeah. not free given yeah. to yeah. them with a dollar. Even, <laughs> listen. They were the receiver of the dollar. Fr- frugality is <laughs> fortuitous, a smart move right? by the owner of the boat, yeah. by the way. Yeah. It meant yeah, that. No. <laughs> so when you thought about scale as as the sort of leader in charge there, like what did scale mean to you? And because I think right now there's, yeah. we're in an era and clearly you're not paying attention to it because you're retired, but we're in an era now where people are building startups. And I think more people now, more startup founders are looking at purpose, Yeah, you know, because of great recognition because of this pandemic and they're looking yeah. at purpose and scales changing Yeah, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, scale was like, how fast can I get to the exit, return my VC's money and get out to the next thing. Sure. Yeah. When you thought about scale, when you were at the helm pre-exit, what yeah. did scale mean to Ben? Yeah, scale for us was always, and for me, was always, you know, that we would build something that was globally accessible, right? Like if there were people that had this problem, we wanted to be able, them to be able to use our tool to solve it. Would it have been awesome if everyone had? Yeah, but like we wanted to like validate the that the solution could work wherever people wanted it to work, right? And so... Um, technically pulling that off was really interesting and exciting. Um, you know, from a revenue perspective, like whatever. Um, when you, you, know, but, when, when you exited the company, just mm-hmm. for the, for the, for the audience, when you exited the company, how many municipalities, governments, um, were you, were you working with? Cut clients, I think like in the four hundreds, yeah. um, I don't know how many there are now. A lot more. But a client is a is a, munis- a local municipality. Yeah, that's like using it as their primary way of, or m- most of them were using it as a, their primary way of receiving non-emergency communication from the city. And then there's a host of other communities where it's just being used. You know. But, yeah, yeah, but I got yeah. we got we actually got to use your platform. Uh, yeah. That was that okay. was probably the coolest yeah. sort of yeah. Oh yeah, moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, in district, yes, still yes, do. yeah. That's right. Yeah, you still do. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. To my to my knowledge, yeah. it's it's the ticketing system for the community here at the campus. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So all all the any any issue in in the co working space or in the the main facility is put through C Click Fix. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a, a cool use case that we that that you pivoted into as well. I would love to see someone solve the permitting and business licensing. Um, and I'm not making, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't. Free want idea. To. Yeah. Free idea. Like legit. And by the way, it's real. Yeah. It's um, real, real. The, the city's system that they use in New Haven right now sucks the way most of these systems suck. Right. Like I think the, it's better than nothing. And like having some transparent tool, like having, it's not even transparent. It's uh, having a tool that documents your application for a permit right going you know having a system right of record is important from for the city it needs to work well for the citizen right and like it also it should it should be a smart it should be a smart tool because if it's if it's intelligent it, with machine learning or ai or something along those lines i think the, the 
part of the issue is the efficiency, the speed and the efficiency at which the cities, cities, towns all yeah. work to get these permits done. Yeah. And it's horrific because yeah. they don't have, they're, they're shorthanded yep. where uh, there's tools that, you know, will tell you all the risk areas of a contract. Why can't, there, is there no tool that can tell you all the risk areas of For a sure. permit and friction points that need to be fixed or yeah. approved Why? upon? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know as much about this as you two folks do, but like, why do you believe that's a problem that hasn't been solved yet at scale? Um, I, I think because the permitting space, the like municipal permitting space, um, had been solved during like web 1.0 a little bit, but regionally and, and because the pro it's a complex enough process that like what would happen is you'd get some people that were like still solving this problem, not in the cloud, right? Like, um, for a new Haven and a X and a Y and a Z. Right. And, uh, you know, that looked like them in the same region generally, you know, had the same building code or, you know, permitting zoning codes, whatever. Um, and so they'd solve it for those folks. And then it's a pretty, that actually is a pretty entrenched process that is hard to rip out. And, um, you know, so what ended up happening is these companies convert to the cloud with limited success, you know, not no fault of the company, but like, you know, trend, trend, when you have all that baggage of, you know, stuff that's living on the other side of the firewall in city hall, it's, you're dealing with that. And then you're trying to modernize and, you know, keep up with mobile and all this other stuff. Right. So organizational um, debt is so organizational and technical debt are the things. Yeah. That you need a company that's, um, that's going to like, you need a startup, right? You need the next, like, you need to see quick fix for that. Um, that's really starting from a clean state slate that has some new principles that could be applied to it. Um, I think you could apply a bunch of every city will not go for this, but I think you could apply, especially in permitting some of the like, uh, transparency and awareness, um, uh, principles to permitting because it in a lot of cases is actually municipal requirements right about notifications right if you're applying for something and so yeah, wouldn't that be great if you yeah. knew that like you know at the u-haul building next door someone was going to go put in a residential development or a gas station or whatever the thing was kind of as it's happening right um, yeah. as opposed to finding out because there's a piece of wood in the afterwards. window with a spray yeah. paint on it and a new look in that direction right yeah um like that could be a much more engaging process right um, i also think the onboarding <clears throat> has to be a huge issue because they're so short-handed <sighs> to get the work done in the first place that if you try to onboard this they have if there's a imp, any inputs it, it it puts such a tax on the system yeah, it also zoning permitting also reduces corruption which i yeah. think is also a real problem but don't get me off on that. Yeah, topic. yeah, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. And then, you know, and then on top of, right. you know, and then and then the other reason, like, it's got to it's got to come from a startup now. It's like just like every other B2B sector, they like PE roll ups have come in and like as good at they are, as they are at scaling existing solutions. They don't specialize in innovating new solutions and they're just, you know, there isn't. Yeah. You know, or, you know, so it's an opportunity for sure. Yeah. Um, the other problem is how big is the opportunity? I think you learned pretty quickly the difficulty in selling even something for three or $400 a month to a government. Right. But the cyclic fix, like average deal size was going up towards 20 K a year, which is like the sweet spot of SAS. Right. So mm -hmm. by the time I left, so you're yeah. right in the beginning, not in possible. the beginning, but permitting, you could get that easily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a, and, and you can show an ROI, right? A, a financial ROI to the city, right? Yeah. You're going to get more permits through you're gonna, with less people. Permits caught. Good idea. Know, take money. So, yeah, that's, that's an easier one from a sales perspective than just hearing more people complain. If that's like from a negative, you know, the negative spin on it would be. Just to be clear to for the just, audience, do you want to invest in this idea if somebody brings it to you? Yeah, I don't know that I'm doing a lot of personal <laughs> investing right now. Um, I, that wasn't like. As part of the exit thing, I wasn't like, I have invested in a thing, one thing. Helium. Yeah, and helium. Let's not talk about that. No, I I, I got out enough money from that to, to fund a, a next thing. We can talk about it another time once it's once it's live. But um, I've gotten some good money out of it. Yeah. Um, no, I invested in uh, something called Delta Trainer through with Miles. Uh, it's a fitness, uh, fitness app. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. I did that pretty quick. Um, I got really excited about like, um, I don't know if we want to transition a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we to like retirement. Uh, should, we, yeah. should we transition to yeah. retirement? Yeah. We've hit some pivots. I think some pitfalls haven't been huge in uh, uh, moments. Yeah, let's hit some. Yeah, let's, let's hit retirement. It. Sure. How, how, you, well, we started with, uh, we can continue with, with where you're headed or what you've done post-retirement, but also we definitely want to hit on the big question that you asked uh, before we started the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does it take to retire? Yeah. Well, so one, you need a clear plan as to like, uh, what do you need to retire? Right. Because, um, there is obviously some like minimum viable life that retirement you package. That's, that that right. is a new, which for someone that might be like, you know, so I have two kids and a, and a wife and like, um, uh, you know, for us, it was, it's about like, um, if retire if retirement means not having another job, right. Um, yeah. you know, it's, can you live off your investments the way you want to live and can, you know, I wanted, you know, Katie wanted to be able to go to school full time. Um, she happens to also have a part-time job, which was awesome because it's in the field. She wants to work in this great experience. Um, you know, can the kids go to schools that we want them to go to? Well, when they go to college, be able to go to schools, right? Like, well, Katie and I, you know, be like, if one of us really couldn't work with the, could this like happen forever? Right. And, yeah. um, can we live in a place we want to live? Can we eat the food we want to eat? Can we travel where we want to travel? Like, you know, we figured out what that meant to us yeah. and I was clear about what that number was. Yeah. And you try to go a little bit above it and hope the stock market doesn't totally explode. And if it does, we're all fucked together. So, you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. Right. And like, I think, you know, that's the real reason why you're sleeping on a sailboat yeah. <laughs> that, you bought, almost, that not, you got for free for a dollar yeah, through a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, that's discipline, so though. That's, it all comes back to discipline. Yeah, there's some discipline there. That's right? your theme, and like that's, that's your theme. That like we 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 find a theme in everybody. I just want to stop us for a second. Discipline is the theme with you. Like your your values, your your uh, your habits, um, everything that you do is is centered around a, an an extreme discipline that is not often seen in a lot of people, especially. Uh, entrepreneurs that are as as you describe mentally wild right I, I, that's yeah how I right because i can be very undisciplined also but like where yeah i mean that yeah but where it matters right yeah. i like that with food like if you tell me dave you need to lose weight and this is your yeah. diet i eat yeah. that same thing every day three times a day right 
Yeah, I tell you, with food and certain things that I'm like hooked on, I have to replace them with things that. Um, you know, when my dad died of a heart attack ten years ago. Like I really tried to get off red meat, and I did it for a long time. Uh, like and totally changed my diet, but not and I you know I quit smoking. Both things like I had to solve with replacing it with something else that felt good that like I enjoyed as much. Not you know um, it was sushi or whatever fish but, uh, sure. for red meat. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to so, feel like a reward, not a punishment. Yeah, so, no, it makes total yeah. sense. Um, so let's go back to you found your number. Yeah, so that's step one, right? Is like you know find find your number, which is has to correlate to your lifestyle and like make a plan. You know, trust the plan. Know that it's you know you're gonna have years like 2022, right? Um, and um, you sold before the pandemic, right? No. Oh, sold before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. exited right before. Yeah, I had. I just felt like the timing was right. But I will tell you, like, uh, I mean, th- this is a joke. It's not like for you know clairvoyance in any way. But um, at Seven Seventy Chapel, they did let me have skateboard ramps, and boy, did I have a lot of them below my office. I've been there. Yeah, I've, the I've been Country on the floor Club. with you. And I, what I will tell you about the Okie Dokie Country Club, you know. <laughs> is you can't read the the text on here but it says established uh, 2020 and this t-shirt was in uh, 2019 and it was a joke that it was established in the dystopian post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic future right? <laughs> and Which that actually a, happened by yeah. the way that floor yeah. looked yeah. like a post-apocalyptic yes. yeah. Yeah, floor yeah. of a building no, i remember going into your uh, office i was yeah. like where are we going right now like yeah uh, they just did another art show there did they um, yeah um and the last one was, I didn't show up, but it was crazy. I planned it and didn't show up because I was like, oh boy, this is, this is, hilarious. This is too much for me. <laughs> it was like weeks before the pandemic. So, um, but uh, yeah, so, but to that point, right? Like I have hobbies, right? And like my, I'm really excited about them. Like C-Click Fix started as a hobby, right? It was like my passion for our passion for neighborhoods and seeing things like being part of the, you know, f- improvement of physical infrastructure around you or manipulation of physical infrastructure around you, right? It's a very skateboarding mindset, right? Sure. Um, appreciating or not appreciating every crack in the sidewalk, right? And um, uh, I think a huge part of being able to retire, if you are lucky enough to achieve box one, right? Which I want to be clear, has there's a lot of luck, there's a lot of timing, but like it, you know, achieving. Thank you for saying that, by the way, because yeah, a lot no, of people think it's, it's just like magic. And dude, uh, uh, I mean, and honestly, luck and timing is real, dude. It feels like fucking magic. I mean, honestly, it it really does. I'm not gonna like. I'm not. It is. I'm. That was a very fortunate position. However, I know a ton of people that could do it if they want to, right? And I, I don't mean just people who have exited from things, right? I know people have been smart about saving, like, you know, could figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't really want to because it's scary because they expect, you know, because you're, because it's either scary or you love your work enough that like, I mean, I know really good people who do not need to work, who are working because their work is, that it's how they want to spend their time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there atrophy. is, I think it, like when you walked in here initially, you were like, I don't know if this content's going to be any good, which yeah. by the way, 
it's awesome. So thank you. I want to say thank you now. But um, well, you guys are talking to me about what I care about right now, and I think right now. So yeah. this feels sincere and yeah. like I. I you that's know, what this show. Uh, that's where that's what the show's about. Yeah. Like, I'm also this is not about self promotion and so. how to exit a company, right? But atrophy, you sort of, if you think if you walk away that you, if you need to use the muscle again, you may not be, you, you may not have. Yeah, it people worry about that. I've heard all these fears and people. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, well, uh, maybe maybe that happens, but like I don't know. I'm like skateboarding and like making you know that's my art shows with my friends and like, um, most importantly like not gonna i would really regret missing time with my kids and katie and i'm not missing that like i'm super present i'm at every baseball game every soccer game like all the practices um you know we're working on projects a treehouse got built right i always wanted a treehouse as a kid i would like yell at my kids because they're not in the treehouse enough you know this is that i need to chill out on but well, like, that's that was actually my question on saturday so, yeah. so <laughs> cool one. It, yeah that's it's awesome. funny two questions just merged for me into one is like one of my first curiosities is so I, I've talked to a lot of people who are retired, right? Yeah. Um, at some of our, our, I have a friend who left corporate. She's making a ton of money, and yeah. now she basically lives in the woods in Colorado, yeah. and lives off of you know a tiny amount of money every year. And yeah. she theoretically would be fine for the next decade or so if she doesn't yeah. ever want to make another dollar again. Yeah. So she's retired, and she's never been happier, right? right. Um, healthier, happier, whatever. What's it like? So obviously you got a lot going on, right? With your yeah. with your kids and, and your wife. And yeah, I'm the primary parent, right? And that's not like Katie, like that's Katie and I like to be clear with people that like retired, but like I'm the primary parent, right? Which she does a ton. I mean, I do more, not more than her, but I do a lot more than I did yeah. when I right. was running a startup, right? But it also means that like I'm, you know, I'm the backup, right? Like, sure. it, you know, um, I'm going to be the the backstop for the kids if something happens, sure. right? Or, or yeah. whatever. And so, like, that is, that's a full-time responsibility that so many people just, like, you get heads down in your company and you forget that there's this whole other operation that's allowing you to live your life the way you're living it, right? And I really want to be part of that operation. So, like, that's... No, that's awesome. Role, role reversal. It's, like, been interesting to me. So. I have this weird curiosity where it's, like, <clears throat> that's super awesome, and I'm so glad that you shared that with the the group here. It's, like... For me, I love to explore, right? So I I love to just read certain things and just go dive down rabbit holes and just be a tinkerer. And I know you're a tinkerer in a lot of ways yeah. as well. Um, what are some, th so my question was going to be when you were in it, yeah. you know, where, I always like to give actionable advice mm -hmm. to people listening to this. Like, hey, like, it's great. You're telling a story, timing, luck, everything happened in the right place. Yeah. A lot of people want that to happen for them. Like, are there some, some, things that you picked up along the way is there that like yeah. really good book or that really good ted talk or that really good thing that just like happened to you that um so the engineers and my co-founders used i used to drive them all fucking nuts because like i couldn't control my excitement about the next thing right in the beginning and um i don't things don't could never like happen quick enough or yeah you guys get it right and this is where my hobbies came in, right? Like being able to just like step out of the office and skateboard and go down to Make Haven. That was such a huge one. And just like what's Make Haven just for the audience? Print a t-shirt. So Make Haven is this thing that we started like 2011 or something, 2010. I can't remember. Um, but that we'd like a group of friends wanted, you know, to learn more about rapid prototyping. 3D printers were, you know, becoming a thing. Some of these like 
like I said, we totally take for granted now in, in light manufacturing. And, um, you know, we wanted to get away, get, get away from behind our computer screens. Cam so, was making chicken coops. Yeah. In the Cam basement. was making chicken coops in the basement. Right. I, I yeah, exactly. That. We were lighting our bicycles with LEDs and, you know, um, uh, it, so it started as like this space for us as friends, this hobbyist space, um, uh, on Chapel uh, state street. And, um, what it's become is a 10,000 square foot, 450 plus member makerspace where, uh, 24 seven for $50 a month, you can walk into this space and you have access to a full metal shop, a full wood shop, a full crafting area, a tool lending library provided by, uh, Stanley Black and Decker, where you can just check it. I mean, I've been building my secret project with this. Like, it's been amazing. You know, I could just walk across the street and go grab this stuff. So cool. Um, and, uh, um, you know, but above uh, uh, the most important thing about all of that is like the community at Make Haven is it's awesome, right? Like you can learn fucking anything there because 450 people with like really diverse skill set sure. and backgrounds can tell you how to use, you know, these tools to achieve this thing you want. I achieve. saw computerized, the computerized brewing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You had a seamstress. Yeah. We used to have a corporate membership. We used to yeah. back yeah. when, pre-pandemic. The district, yeah. the district has a partnership still. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying we used to send digital surgeons teammates would go down there, you know, and they had memberships. We covered it. And whatnot, yeah. You know, pre-pandemic. And now everybody wants to just sit in their, in their homes. But yep. things are changing. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting to watch uh, people come back in. That's awesome. And, you know, yesterday morning I went in. There were probably like 15 people in there at 930 in the morning. You know, that's yeah. not. It's a hobbyist space. So that's not when you... Yeah. Most people are there post work, so you, conventional work hours, right? You drove your teams crazy because you always had these ideas early yeah. on. Yeah. Was there things and places besides experimenting in the makerspace where you were picking these things up? Like, are there any pearls of wisdom, books, talks, places where people can go and get the same level of focus, discipline, and principle thinking that you apply? I know it's been a while, but. No, yeah, I, I have Cam and Miles used to tease me that I don't read books. <laughs> Mostly, I just don't read business books, right? Um, I've read a few, but I don't know. Um, I, I went don't, to a he ton. He reads a ton. I don't, I don't yeah. read a ton. Yeah, I read things that interest me, and that's just, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I attended so many events okay. and had so many peers in the civic tech space as it grew. And, um, so seeking out other like-minded people yeah, in different communities. Yeah, yeah. You also had a phenomenal partner initially. Like Miles is having a good yes. partner means so much. Yeah. So tell us about that because I have my own thoughts about like I just like to talk to Miles. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I get a lot of value out of that. But like how would Yeah. I mean, I had a partner who had been through um, a successful founding and exit. And um, actually, that was when we partner. started, he had not exited. <laughs> Um, yeah, who's in the thick of it? He hadn't yeah. IPO'd yet either, no? No, had not IPO'd yet. Um, and he, he, you know, I think he also grew up with a similar background. Like, he's also very disciplined, more, more disciplined than I am. Um, and uh, and it really uh, um, helped me to, you know, solidify our values and... Um, create a cadence uh, that, you know, allowed us to create a business out of a nice and weekends project. Right. Um, And so, yeah, having him around was huge. And I think I, 
I think that's, you know, this is where Miles is at the infancy of something is where he's most passionate. He has the discipline to do something all the way through as he's shown obviously to IPO, but like where he gets excited and where he really is excels is in that like, you yeah, know, fire started birth. Yeah. at birth. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why like purpose built like a venture studio for the folks who are listening, who don't know what a venture studio is. And he'll describe that, I guess, more when he comes on the show. But they, these are like, they're actually creating the companies in house, right? This isn't an incubator or an accelerator, right? Where things have been, uh, have already, you know, been birthed and, but they're, they're actually doing the ideation and the brainstorming and figuring out the team, right? Um, his process is so far, his, I share the document, the emails with Pete. So um, it's because his process and his discipline to what he's doing, even his email blasts and his mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. newsletters, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. is awesome. Like I told him, I learned more about parenting in, in the first five newsletters <laughs> than I have right. in 13 sure years of awesome. being a father. This is this is what I want to go to the word of. Obviously, you love your kids and you love yeah. to talk about your kids right? Yeah. because you, you did yeah. earlier. Right. How old are your kids now? Nine and six. So yeah. nine and six, right? Yeah. So you are, you've always been a steward of community and culture. So you obviously are seeing this Gen Z, Gen Alpha yeah. kind of wave of, of just a different way of thinking. It's a different generation, right? It's yeah. not our generation. When you think about that, principles, yeah. discipline, values, yeah. Yeah. obviously you're instilling that in your children. I, I have to imagine if I fast forward to the future, the discipline that your children are most likely going to definitely have or definitely not have yeah. as a result of that environment that you're creating at home with you and Katie. I'm really curious about that because one of the things that I'm seeing now, just observing, hiring a lot of young people, you know, doing different things with universities and, and those kinds of things is I'm seeing a different type of discipline. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing almost in some cases like a lack of work ethic mm -hmm. and a lack of, uh, of established principles or stated principles. Yeah. I'd love to hear from your perspective, like as a dad and, uh, you know, to someone that might be building a company today, yeah. what can they do as a parent, as a founder to start to expose sure. people to that, that level of thinking and, and discipline? Cause I think it leads to great things. Yeah. Can I respond to that question with one of, with a pet peeve? Go for Just it. By stating a pet peeve. Yeah. Something I learned. Uh, um, I, I, I was fully guilty of this, like during being a startup guy. It's like, I, this is one of the problems I have with like reading business books is so often, and I, this is to answer the parenting question to be clear, but it, it ties in. So often we're getting advice from people who are in the middle of the shit who do not have the outcome yet. And then you're like, yeah, that's fucking great. Let's do that. But then they, you know, they go read their blog a year later and they've totally pivoted because it was a disaster, but you're like fully committed. Right. So like, I kind of feel the same way about parenting. Like I don't know the outcome yet. So I don't want to even pretend that I have advice or, you know, uh, can say that it's the right answer. Love and that. I don't also like we, I, <laughs> what I'll tell you is that I have constant anxiety that we're not disciplined enough and that we aren't regimented enough. And that like, you know, um, there's no right answer at the end of yeah. the day. And it's I, fucking I, terrifying. So I, you know, I don't want to jinx us. I literally, that was, a, that was a yeah. selfish question. I have, I'm the father, <laughs> yeah, of, I know I'm the father congrats, of 11 month old. And yeah. I'm just like, there, I'm just inquiring and picking up knowledge along the yeah. way, but I love that. And I knew I'd get to a pet peeve by bringing up your kids. So I'm glad just I just try to enjoy the moments. That's like, I mean, like everything else, man, just try to be present. I actually, have a, I actually have a, uh, a, a fun little game that I have in my head, which is like every time someone tells me or my wife mentions that someone told her 
about this piece of advice or, or this way to do things with the children, I'm like, I bet you I can Google that in one Google and, and yeah. show you the opposite side of that of that coin. My new partners are professional skateboarders. And one of them, I can't remember which one of them, so I actually do remember. One, one of them said, is like, man, uh, you know, I look at most of the skateboarders I know, and one of two things happened. Either they had incredibly supportive parents who were there for them, like constantly all the way along, or their parents were totally checked out and they were pretty much abandoned on the street. Yeah, right? no, it's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's yeah. yeah, there's yeah. no, there. I there mean, even something no as right simple. Answers. The other day it was like, <laughs> putting eye drops in the, in the baby, in the, in the baby's eyes, uh, in the, in my, my son's eyes. And I was like, I, you cannot put anything in my eyes. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. a grown ass man. Don't touch your face and don't put stuff in your eyes. Yeah. Literally I've had eye doctors and they're like, I've never seen anybody with such a reflex. Like you cannot go near my eyes. They automatically shut. Yeah. So my mom used to put that, the, the, the eye drops in the corner of my eyes and just tell me to blink a hundred times. So uh, my son <laughs> is rambunctious and hyper. I'm actually excited to see what uh, meditation can do for him. Um, maybe I'll get a little Ben Berkowitz on my hands. Mm -hmm. But um, my, my, son, my, my son, my son is, oh, is he got energy, man. Yeah. It is on yeah. another level. We can't. I'm, we just get every him a night, skateboard. Every night we're just like, <sighs> right, eight o'clock. He's yes, gonna, I feel like he's going to be on dirt bikes by the time he's five years old. I, I think so too. He's it, driving he's gonna, a Tesla to his sandbox right now oh, at three. Yeah, yeah and he's and he's jumping out of it and going, "This is my home." <laughs> but anyway, um, someone told us like the next day. My wife's like, "Oh, I heard from someone so that you're not supposed to do that. You have to hold their eye open." And, and I'm like. Google it. Yeah. One Google, she's like, never mind. <laughs> she's like, she's like, that's the alternative. <laughs> so I want like, whether it's behavior yeah, or otherwise. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I want to combat the pet peeve, and I want to say to the audience why why I asked that, why I shared that. So one of the things that I just was recently interviewed on was like, people were like, oh, someone reached out to me randomly, and they were like, hey, you have this incredible pattern recognition talent. Can we yep. talk about how you recognize patterns? And I'm like. This is like the most out of the blue email, but it was interesting. So usually like you just like shrug it off, but I responded and I'm like, what would that look like for you? And they're like, well, I'd like to interview you for 15 minutes. So I was like, sure, fine. I, I'm curious to be like, what the hell do I have with pattern recognition? Yeah. You know, we talk about data. We talk about like, you know, polarity or parity in the data and like just looking at like the tails and how do you see just these different events? Some people learn through intuition and experience. You're on the skateboard. You can't tell someone how to skateboard. You got to skateboard. Yeah. You can watch hundred videos on how to skateboard, but when you get on the board, it's a different thing. But the same way that there's a right way and a wrong way or a hundred ways to put eye drops in your kid's eyes or whatever it is or build discipline, for me, what I like to look at is where do the patterns start, start to stack up, right? So I respect you a lot. I always have. And pulling that, that data point, right or wrong as it may be, is it's a data point. Yeah. And then a data point and a data point. And then I like to look at different bodies of knowledge that I respect who have either been through it or, or in the shit, as you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. And then start to build, in my own mind, like a lattice work or of yeah. mental models to say like, Oh, this is a really interesting way to look at this. And I know that I recently got someone that reached out and was was pumped about one of the tips that came on one of the previous episodes. So I wanted to ask that question to say, like, what are some ways you think about or look at solving that problem? So that's where it's like I'm looking for those patterns because ultimately they're you saw patterns in C click fix. You saw patterns yeah. in district, what you've done. And knowing to recognize that's those a patterns. that's a good question. And and that I think is um Answering a question like that is not a pet peeve for me. Like you're you're asking a question about like how your brain works, right? Like that's whether it's right or wrong, 
like I, that is something I think like it's and it's fun, right? This becomes therapy, right? And I don't have to pay for it, so that's nice, you know. But like, um, you know, pattern recognition is is a real thing that all humans are capable of doing, right? And we'll like create patterns where there aren't patterns, and like it just puts our mind at ease, right? And those of us that like whose minds are not settled, right? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm going to go meditate. I'll you be know, right back. Right. Hold on Look, second. like, strive to find that structure to make sense of the world, right? Um, I can say that when people have said things similar to what they said to you, to me, and I, like, try to understand and I, like, reflect on why I got to a conclusion that ultimately ended up being the unlikely answer that was that ended up coming true right it was just i i think it always has to do with like um the premonition came from uh, being disciplined about where i was getting information from right and like having a having real attentiveness to like the signal versus the noise mm -hmm. and um, about very specific things that I care about, right? Like a bazillion things I've been wrong about, but like those specific things, um, I, I was very careful about the data sources and um, where the information was coming from and kind of obsessive about watching it. I mean, I was this way about COVID as an example, right? Like very, very disciplined about getting good information about COVID and felt like I had a pretty clear understanding of where this thing was going, how it ended up, what were, you know, um, and, uh, have you gotten it? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I made it a long time. Well, I think, I don't know. Yeah. It's possible that I had it four times. Well, that, <laughs> that's the only yeah. tested once in yeah. yeah. I got it during Omicron. Um, I got it a month, six weeks yeah, ago in January. So, yeah. Six, yeah. eight weeks ago. But that's the, that's the problem is I feel like today we as a society are information obese, right? We're just consuming, consuming, yeah. consuming, and we're not connecting right. those dots. And yeah. that, that's sort of what I was getting at is like yeah. you sort of got to the answer I was looking for, which is ultimately you're very selective about what information yes. you allow to yeah. penetrate your mind. A hundred percent. And I've gotten way more so. Um, I am off Instagram. I'm off Facebook. I have been for years. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm very specific. I'm not scrolling the feed. I am going there to read the key of independent right now. And previous to that, I was going there to read COVID Act now, right? Because there's a raw data source there that is giving on the ground real-time information and is going to be about as close to the truth as you can get. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing I care about when I go there. Occasionally something gets in there, I'll react. You know, sometimes I'll go there just because like, all humans, I crave the feedback loop and I can't totally get off that, you know, that horse. But I will say that like the post Instagram life, take away all the distraction and all that shit. But like the post Instagram life of getting validation in real life from real people and like appreciating what that's like to get it sincerely from like one person who's close to you as opposed to a hundred hearts. Yeah, it's like, I mean, damn, getting that back has been like the most rewarding piece of getting off social media. I love that. And yeah. holy shit, has social media gotten bad since I left? <laughs> I mean, not, you know, like in that time, like I can't even imagine how it would affect me psychologically now. But like, what's your long view on TikTok? 
I don't know. I'm not in it, so I don't understand it. But I know that the effect has been clearly very negative in so many ways. And I point me to one positive. I, I mean, I don't know where that is, but I'll find you way more worse things that have happened. The amount of misinf... I mean, fuck Zuckerberg, honestly. Like, that guy, you know, <laughs> has really fucked us. I mean, really, really fucked us. It's like we... As a country, are in a much worse situation. Do I believe it's dire and irreparable? No, I'm an optimist. Do I believe we're in a much fucking worse situation because of that guy? Yeah. Question for you. As a founder, I got to ask the question. Do you believe that Mark had evil intent? No, I believe he has an, a business model that will not allow him to ever get to the impact that he probably would like to make. Interesting. No, I don't think he has evil intent. I think he's a well-intentioned, purpose-driven person also who picked a business model, advertising. Did he pick her or did it pick him? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the timing, right? But like I, when I first retired, I, I was like, uh, it's probably like Stockholm Syndrome, right? I was like, oh, what like interesting, exciting tech stuff could I get involved in? And a lot of like blockchain-related um things around social good that felt exciting uh, people looking at replacing facebook with things that were not in uh relying on the ad model right yeah. perverted by the ad model mm. that excites me um but at the same time even i mean first step let's get there and then let's get people more off on the off ramp because the reality of like there is there is a healthy amount of social media, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the ad model will always promote the unhealthy amount. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, that's, I think. It's and just, so I shouldn't say fuck Zuckerberg in that sense. I just he's protecting a thing and has cultivated a thing that is so dangerous. Um, no, no, and, I, I, and I fuck Zuckerberg that. is just like an exciting no, thing yeah, yeah, to yeah. say and cathartic. But in the, at the end, it's really not about him. It is about the monster that that feeds that you know that feeds it. That's a and, fantastic uh, segue. It's a yeah. su- huge segue. I love that you said that because it's like you know what we as creators create things, and those things take a mind of their own, right? I have to imagine when you were building the first MVP of C Click Fix, you never, even without intention and vision never had any idea how people were going to actually use it. You, yeah. Instance probably popped up on that platform that like really blew you and the team's yeah. mind. We were like, holy shit, they reported that? Right. I never, we never thought that in any of our UX sessions, right? right? So I think that's a really interesting thing. I know you were clear about things that you do and don't want to talk about or are excited about. What are you excited about right now? Besides, of course, your family, and, yep. and which is, I'm so inspired by that comment as a new yeah. dad myself and the importance of it. But like, what are some other things that you're excited about putting your energy and time into? Yeah, uh, I think I've gotten back to my roots and that like I'm ex- I'm like a New Haven booster again, you know, I'm like really excited. And I know that's like, you know, that's like this small, small town thing. But like, that's that's the thing that gets me jazz. You know, it's like this, like this place really excites me. Um, awesome. And, uh, you know, I. If I could see more stories about successful carbon capture and, you know, from a global perspective, like those are the things that like raise eyebrows for me in a, like in a positive way. Um, um, see the new blockchain project that, that uh, today's the last day to buy presale flow carbon. No, 
Yeah, Dave, you know, uh, Adam Newman, we yeah. work. Yeah. He backed this uh it's called Flow Carbon and it's uh it's a it's a blockchain carbon project. Cool. Um it uh got blockchain carbon project. That sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah, uh, I mean it's interesting so they did uh they did a pu- a public presale and then right at right like two days I think it was a day ago or two days ago they announced like a a large a large institutional investment cool. on the on the venture side. Is it layer 2? What is it? I don't know. I haven't I didn't dig into it yet. I just start, I just I I woke up in the middle of the night and I was on my phone because my my kid wasn't asleep and I just was did a quick thing and I, I signed up for the pre-sale to to get more information. Yeah, dig into it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, clean energy, electric vehicles, like yeah, um, uh, carbon capture, like all that stuff, because there's good things happening in that space. Like uh, those are the positive things I read in my day, and it feels hopeful. You, know, you got an opinion uh, on Elon being taken out of the ESG uh, index? I'll answer that. One <laughs> um, uh, I think you know, but but uh, I would be really excited by something that came in that replaced Facebook and Instagram and TikTok that it was not ad supported uh, because we have a massive social dilemma right now in terms of how we communicate, and it is uh, uh, polarization is the business model, right? And um, we're back in a nuclear arms race. Like we've spread a pandemic that didn't need to be a pandemic with like all of these things, right? We had, we're a country that talks about civil war again, whether it really would happen or not, you know, like. I think it's made people really mean. Yeah. Like the, and the, and anim- and I'm going to get the word wrong. And because they're sad. And when you're sad, you become mean. The like you're There's unhappy. There's a lot of sad so people, yeah. a lot of sad people. And it, I'm, <laughs> I'm old school. I'm from the, the, the era where, you know, you punch, you get punched. Right. And, and we've created a world that people can hide and do, and do harm. And it's, and they're awful. And they're so, or be rewarded for not hiding and do harm. Right. Like, but, you know, but on the, the other that, end, either one is. Yeah. But it's the ones that are hiding that are the worst or the machine that's behind it. Like if, if it's true that Twitter's got 19, 20% of their, uh, active accounts oh, are, 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 bots, are, bo- are bots. Yeah. What is Facebook and Instagram? It's yeah. got to be worse. And then if you think about like the, the things that they stoke, but also just, just the way that people are attacking people with a value, but they're so stubborn and aggressive about that one value that they're actually, it's actually reverse hate, right? It's, it's whether it's reverse racism, reverse uh, bigotry or ver- reverse this or reverse that. It's, it's really, it's really fucked up. Well, it's a zero sum game. I think yeah. you, you you highlighted it exactly with the entire business model, right? It's like the principles of the product as designers, we put things into the product, we leave a bit of ourselves into it, and they take a mind of its own, right? right? If you think about zero sum game, I win, you lose. Yeah. Right? You win, I lose. Right? That's essentially how people think. A lot of people think in these yeah. platforms and yeah. the way that they're designed promotes right. that exact type of micro engagement. It's you know how we've gotten to you know, doom scrolling as a concept, right. it, the infinity pools that have existed, that is what led to yeah. the proliferation of the social dilemma, right? Like, so it's an interesting thing. Um, can go totally down that rabbit hole of negativity, which I don't think we want to. I think I, I think yeah, we can go right. down a, a whole. It, this has been fun. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You didn't. You were not. This is all. There's a lot of good usable stuff here, man. All right. Cool. Well, I thought well, you were afraid that we were going to like talk about like. Like, so what's your UX methodology? Yeah, forever? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 I just, uh, I'm like not used to doing it. It's like, you know, this yeah. is one of those skills that it's all like, family is here. It's all in the same um, community, man. We're, we, we've got not you back. thinking that, yeah. No, so. this is great. Anything we didn't talk about today that you were like, hey, I wish these guys brought up or I wish we were talking about a little bit of this or that? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. 
Well, it sounds like you're off of social, but if the audience wants to to sort of just see how you think or anything that you're going to be putting out now or in the future, like yeah, on, on Twitter, plug? I'm Ben Berkowitz, and I think I'll probably stay on Twitter. Um, okay, so so reach out to him. We'll put the thing in the notes and yeah. hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I know email is not something that you want these days. So yeah, we'll put yeah, that out there in the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can send it, but I might not see it. And <laughs> so. and just as a, a follow up, when you do unveil. Uh, whatever it is that you got yeah. in the background, um, yeah. either come back or tell us so we can get it up and, yeah, um, sure. and also, sure. you know, promote it in some way on social media that you yes. hate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, on my next, I will say like, I, I knew that if I was ever going to do anything again in the near term, I it needed, I couldn't be the front man for the rodeo. You know what I mean? Like I, one, I've like done that. So it's like, it's not in, as interesting to me anymore. I'm like more interested in the operational side. I know that seems not exciting, but like I just actually never did that alone. Um, sure. What's crazy is people so. think that like, as you talked about like your mind and your anxieties and so on and so forth, uh, a lot of people believe, uh, I often wind up in front of a camera or yeah. next to the, the important people and yeah. all this kind of shit. Like you were literally like, uh, one of the most uh, interesting men next to Steve Jobs in Huffington Post back in the day. And you were always talking at conferences and always on the road. I remember following. Yeah. Um, you know, Terrified in every moment. But you did it, right? You 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 did the job because it needed to get done. And yeah. you're like, this, this was the grenade. It was your your grenade to jump on. And you right. jumped on it every single time. So, and growth um, happens at the edge of the comfort But zone. people think that everybody that does that is like cocky, ego driven, you know, like all this stuff. And they don't realize it in, in most cases, it, in some cases, I'm sure it's true, yeah. but in most cases, at least the people that I'm friends with that I think are, are really humble people and really amazing human beings, they're not actually ego driven. They really don't give a fuck about being on stage, being the show pony, being the person that has to go and dance in front of people. And I think that, um, although you've done it, um, I'm, it's great to hear that you're doing it under your own design this time, yeah. um, hopefully, and uh, and I commend you for it. So cool. I just want to say thank you for coming and being on the show. Yeah. For Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Good, to, yeah. good to be in therapy with you guys. <laughs> thank you for listening to Ford Obsessed. Please share this episode, subscribe, and leave a review on your podcast app. This episode was hosted by Pete Senna and David Salinas from the Digital Surgeons Podcast Studio in New Haven, Connecticut. Special thanks to our AV team, Steve Walter and Meg Olson. Ford Obsessed is produced by Robert Roach. If you'd like to contact our team, visit us at FordObsessed.com.